This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. The TalkSport Fan Network is probably supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the result, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app. You can also get rewards points delivered too. So that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants, 18 plus, rewards registration required. Points only on menu items. Delivery fee and terms apply. See McDonald's.com. Welcome again to Cottage Talk. I am Russ Goldman, and joining me right now is Giannis Janaeus. In this episode, we're going to be looking back at Fulham's loss to Wolves on Saturday. After that, we're going to be talking about several topics that are Fulham-related that I want to get Giannis's thoughts on. We have a lot to talk about, but before we do anything else, I have to bring on Mr. Janaeus back to the show. Giannis, how are you doing? I'm fantastic in a sense, but in a sense, I'm not a very happy man. Why are you not happy? Well, well, because I, I hear that the royal baby was named today. Yes. And they didn't name it Yanis. And, you well. know, uh, you know, I, I think uh, that's very disappointing. <laughs> uh, you probably heard they've named it Archie. I mean. I did. Um, yeah. I don't know, poor lad. He's going to be teased always. Archie. You know why? Because, because you and I, you know, living in North, in North America, when we think of Archie, what do we think? Think of uh, Archie Comics, actually. I think of Archie Bunker. Okay. I've got yeah, yeah, yeah and we all remember Archie Bunker. Oh yeah. <laughs> anyway, it's you know what? I can't believe Russ. It's the last game of the season. I know. It's been an incredible week, you know, with Liverpool, um, the comeback, um, and then what happened tonight, obviously in Amsterdam. So for us, it's our last game. Hopefully, only for a year in the Premier League, and uh, for last Saturday, last. The last game against Wolves was certainly a bit of an eye-opener for us. Okay. Well, let's start there, my friend. And, again, I apologize to everyone that uh, we are recording this on Wednesday. Scheduling conflicts uh, just were in our way here. But we are back, and we are going to be giving you full coverage of Fulham this summer leading up to Fulham in the championship. I just want to mention that. I, I have huge plans for the upcoming new season of Cottage Talk, so don't think that uh, because we are delaying this podcast a few days that we're going anywhere, because we're not. We're actually going to be ramping up even more coverage. But, Giannis, let's look back at the Wolves' loss at Molyneux. It's 1-0. I'm just going to ask you this question. It's a, I think it's a fair question. It's 1-0. It looks like it's a close match. Was the 1-0 
result flatter into form? I think a little bit. I thought Wolves are very, very good. And it's funny, but the, the poll has just been released for um, manager of the year. And you've yeah. got, uh, you know, Klopp and, and Guardiola and, and uh, Pochettino and Espirito Santos. And I actually, I'd be inclined to give it to uh, Nuno, though. I think he's done an, a, a magnificent job considering that they were, you know, promoted as champions last year. They've been yeah. entertaining. They've beaten top six teams. Um, they're so well coached. He's, he's um, brought in some really, really good players. They're an attractive team to watch. The style is, is fluid. And, you know, I thought we hung around. I thought we hung around for long enough where we could have nicked a point. But if we're being really, really honest about it, um, it was, um, you know, it was just a bridge too far. They were, they were, um, they, they were, they were very good. And, um, yeah. you know, you, you know what you do, you give, you give credit where it's due. Absolutely. And, um, and, and they're a good side. So uh, no complaints. No complaints either. That's why I wanted to start the show by talking it in these terms because I, I think the result, you know, it's nice. You know, it's only 1-0 and, and they score fairly late. But if we're being honest and you look back at the match, it's uh, Wolves' match and uh, and Fulham actually, uh, let's uh, just say, Sergio Rico comes up big once again and uh, they keep it tight. You know, 1-0 is, is tight, but it, I agree with you, Giannis. I, I think it was a bridge too far. So let's just uh, look at the match. You know, again, we're not going to spend too much time because it's it's been a long time. What stood out from you in, in the first half? I, I just thought, you know, they, Wolves look like a team that's playing, that has played with a lot of confidence this year. I mean, the, the previous result, they beat Arsenal 3-1. I know Arsenal have been, uh, you know, a little bit inconsistent. But um, Wolves have won a lot of friends. And... You know, it, it, it's amazing to see the chasm. In, I mean, there was a big point difference between us and Wolves at the end of last yep. season. But in terms of confidence, and we just come off the back of, you know, three consecutive wins, three consecutive shutouts. And yet, despite that, you know, their quality was, was really there from, from, from back to front. And, um, you know, the one good thing for me was what did please me is that this this team that Scotty Parker has, has you know, put together for the last few rungs of the, the Premier League, they don't quit. And and I and I think there's a lot to be said for a coach that genuinely, you know, um, has his has his boys fighting, and they did. And I think that you can already see with um, Stuart Gray the, the improvements defensively, not just individually, but team players being a lot more responsible. But you can't be confident in the ability to step it up again. And Wolves at times looked like they could do it at any time. And that's a, sign, that's a sign of a quality team. And they're a team that next year, I'll be really curious to see, you know, the, the, the secret is, um, you know, the secret is out. Yeah. But um, they're a good side. They're a good side by right. And I thought, I just thought we hung around and had we got a point, we'd have been elated. Right. I think Newcastle is a very different game on Sunday. I think that's where we have a, a real good shot because of the way they set up. But, First off, I thought they did a very good job, and and we just sort of um, we were just we looked like we were hanging on and ch- and chasing shadows for the most part. Okay, and uh, I'm glad that again that you're talking about it in, in these terms because if Fulham are are beaten, you know I'm going to say it. If the better side is Wolves, we're going to say it, and uh, I'm glad that yeah. we're talking about it in, in these terms, my friend. As I just said, so let's. Flip to the second half, and Fulham listen, had a couple of opportunities. Obviously, the opportunity 
from Mitro stands out. Let's talk about that first. That's that's um that's indicative of it's, it's not quite been going right for Mitro in recent weeks. Um, but you know you have you have, you have turns in four. I mean, nine times out of ten, I'd expect him to bury that chance. And Mitro's reaction afterwards, I think, told the story. Yeah, it was a guilt-edged chance. He should have put it away. He's not done that. You know, he'd obviously be very disappointed by that. And then um, I just thought they were knocking on the door. The transition game was very, very quick. Um, Rico, again, was absolutely top drawer. Rico's been absolutely superb um, uh, in recent weeks. And yep. I don't know how absolutely, the yeah. is looking at him. To, yeah, so, so I, I just went under a bridge. Um, I'm not <laughs> sure what the brass is going to look at in terms of the goalkeeping because... You know, we've got Betts going to be back. Um, yep. Obviously, um, Mark Rodak um, is coming back. back. And he had a very good season for Rotherham United. Um, but Rico's done. Rico's actually done very well. And I'm wondering if um, if there was any chance or whether they'd entertain the possibility, the brass, of, of maybe putting in a bid for, for Rico. I don't know. Um, I'm sure the decisions have already been made. But Rico, if he was auditioning himself, much like Ryan Babble, if he was auditioning himself, then he's done a pretty good job of it. Um, we knew he was a great shot stopper. I don't think there was any question about that. Uh, just the ability to actually catch a ball. But he's been he's been an absolute um, lifesaver in recent weeks. Okay, very good there, Giannis. All right. Let's now go to the goal from Wolves. And again, you know, we're, we're being honest here. They, they had several opportunities to score, but they finally break through in the 74th minute. So let's talk about the winning goal from Wolves. Yeah, Dendonka was very nicely taken. Very nicely taken. A little bit, I think a little bit of a broken play. Uh, whether it was Lamastron should have picked the man. He, he sort of ghosted across the box. It's a good finish. And, you know, again, and I was just, you know, it's funny, Ross, I, you know, I watched the game again. I was, I've watched that game twice now. Yep. And Wolves, to me, Wolves to me um, have impressed me to the extent that um, you know there aren't many. I don't think I saw. I saw. I've seen this year many better performances against us. I don't. I don't think we played badly on Saturday. I just think that we were just. We were just. Um, we were just run over by a team that's very very skillful and that has yep. got a lot of weapons that can hit you at any time. And we just don't. Have, Absolutely. We don't have that quality. Right. And it's funny because, you know, when I look back at the first half, you know, listen, Diogo Jota could have scored a couple goals, Giannis. Yeah. And uh, it's fortunate that, like I said, the scoreline is what it is. But I think we can both appreciate when we're not the better side. Yeah. And, and um, yeah, I think a lot of us probably thought, you looked at the table last year, obviously Bardiff finished second. And then we got through that memorable run. But Wolves, you know, in a canter. And, and the question marks was, you know, was this something, you know, they'd be able to repeat? We all felt that with all the money that we'd spent, that we were going to be able to do well. But it's, it's often it's what you, you know, it's like getting the right players in. And what Santos had done is he built, he created an infrastructure of quality players that would, had the right to compete in the Premier League without any additions. And then he added to that. And yep. um, it's clever ownership. It's clever management. <clears throat> and Wolves um, are a team that next year, I'm really, really curious to see how they're going to do. Because um, 
you know, they can't punch, you know, the weight of the Man Cities and Liverpools. I mean, it made me laugh when I look at, you know, Liverpool, um, their comeback against Barcelona. Um, but it costs over £500 million pounds to, to, to put that team together. Let, let's not forget this. You know, and I, there was, um, I'm, gonna, I'm going to maybe put this on my the Twitter account. I'll, I'll put it on the college talk. Yep. Somebody shared in the week about um, the wages um, of each of the Premier League clubs 2018-2019. And if you look at what Wolves have done, Wolves have done, you know, they've brought in some good players, but they've right. brought them in on pretty good structures. The they're, they're not like, overpaying them, but they're, they're right. paying them pretty well. If you look at t- clubs like our, um, like Huddersfield Town, for example, Aaron Moy, top top um, uh, top uh, uh, pay pay earner, uh, Sean Morrison at Cardiff, same there. But the fact is, you can't survive in this league unless the sort of spending and the acquisitions are built on an infrastructure right. whereby you've got you know friendly contracts, and that's what Wolves have done. Yeah. And um, we thought that the Series, uh, the Anguissas you know, amongst others, were going to be worth all the money. And um, as it turned out, um, they weren't. And we'll be, you know, lucky to, you know, recoup a fair amount of that money back. I mean, Anguissa, we spent a lot of money on. Yep. The same way he can play in the championship. But do you really want to have played that much money for a guy that's going to play in the championship? Well, they have, a lot, have a lot of huge decisions to make here. Big time. Yeah. And, and that's a good point because when we go down to the championship, wages becomes a huge issue, Giannis. And it's funny because if you're looking at would I like Ngisa in the championship, the answer is yes. But you, there are other factors involved. I'm glad that we're talking about it that way because you're building a squad to compete in the championship, not in the Premier League. And you have to have a balanced roster, I guess you could say, money-wise. You have to make sure that you're – pull that money around and uh, and have a club that can uh, compete in the championship and not overextend yourself too much because you can get yourself in the trouble. So I, I understand where and you're, you're going. And you know what, Russ, Russ you're absolutely yeah. right. And I'm going to use a case in point is Stoke City. Yes. Stoke got relegated from the Premier League last year. They, they, they brought most of their big guns back. Um, so they had a huge pay structure, you know, despite the umbrella payments and what have you. Right. And Stoke City this year broke the record for the most draws in the season. They had 22 league draws this year. <laughs> now, the, in a 46-game season, which is quite remarkable, the problem for yep. them now is they've got a bunch of players like Ryan Shawcross on big on big uh, salaries. And now, yep. you know, it's going to really kick in. And what do you do now? I mean, where – I mean, the Britannia routinely sells out. I don't know if there's another, never been a problem with their fan base. But it's just the it's just the earnings from TV money yep. that are going to really take a hit. So that's where we've got to you know now that we're relegated, we've got to take a really close look at the model and look at sustainability and how we can do that. Uh, and that's why going back to you know we talked about the rumours about Arsene Wenger. Yep. Um, and one of the reasons I believe that Wenger has become a a target is because. For Wenger to even consider a job like Fulham, he'd have to be given the reins, which means director of football, um, operations, manager, you name it, which means that... Final say, um, kind of. Yeah, final say, final Tony Khan would not... Yeah. yeah, and I think um, maybe that's telling us, although I'd love to have Scott in, it's telling us that maybe that's where Shahid Khan is looking, someone to come in and not just 
fulfill the role as manager, but also director of football operations. In which case, any big name out there could be a target. Because if they well, let me ask money, you this, Giannis. And again, this is a, a different comparison because it's interesting if the speculation is true and they are looking at a big name to be their next manager. And like you said, someone that comes in is going to want to run the show. And if that's what they're targeting, that would affect the role of, say, someone like Tony Khan, like we're, we're talking about now. If this is the direction that they're going, it's very interesting because this would be a, a direction that the New England Patriots went in when they brought in Bill Belichick, basically turned over the reins to someone like that and build the program. Do you think that these rumors of Wenger are basically a, a bigger picture look at what's going on with Fulham, that, that maybe they are targeting someone like that? It might not be Wenger in the end, but it might be someone of that kind of ilk. Yeah, yeah, I do. And, and I mean, there are only so many names out there that would possibly consider a job like this, the money that they could be offered. I mean, Wenger obviously is out there. Mourinho is, and yeah, I know we're talking about championship and people are going to, you know, scream into the radio or whatever podcast and go, what's he talking about? But let's take a look at what's happened over in the Netherlands this year in terms of Europe, the Champions League with Ajax. Back in the back in the 1970s and going way back, the Dutch were were you know renowned for something called to, total football, and and really the architect of right. that was Rymus Michels, the Dutch coach. And really, it started with the academy work. Um, you, I'm thinking of players like you know uh, Cruyff, the Van der Kerkhoff brothers, yep. Kroll, Johnny Rep, um, Johan Neeskens. I mean, World Cup uh, finalists in 1974. I mean. For those who weren't alive, go back and watch old videos of the Dutch in the 70s. They were magnificent to watch. And they actually carried on in the 80s with Ruud Hullet and Marco van Basten and Frank Rijkaard and what have you. And they carried on that tradition. Now, I look at Ajax because it makes me wonder if you're not going to get a big name, which clearly Fulham would have the money to do it. Right. Maybe an option is to look at what's happened in Ajax and come in and get someone who's going to come in who will instill a philosophy yes. of football from the academies all the way up, like Ajax has done. Ajax, you know, every, Ajax has been for many years a sleeper club because for many years they were a successful club, but unfortunately they lose their best players. Uh, I mean, the, the first one I can think of right off, right off the bat is, is uh, Zlatan, right? He was, a, he was right. an Ajax boy. Um, and all these kids that have come through the system, but the Ajax haven't been able to afford to keep them because big clubs have come sniffing around. Now, Ajax is is starting 11 for the first leg. Obviously, I don't know about tonight, but for the first leg, was under the age of 24, which I think is absolutely remarkable. They took out Real Madrid. They took out Juventus. This isn't any fluky team. This is a a team that's got it right. So maybe uh, is Shahid Khan, and he's going to call the shots, is Shahid Khan going to look for a big name and go, right, you take your money, you run the operation, I'll give you the money, take it. In which case, they, 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 I think there will be takers because I think Fulham as a club has a reputation that will attract. Or they may go out the left field and look at where, you know, you've been able to build from the bottom up a system where it becomes like a pipeline. And we've already sort of got that with, you know, the players like you, you obviously see, you know, Harvey Elliott, the yes. Sessignon brothers. So we've got a very good academy there but where we take it as a step it up a gear and we've got a lot of homegrown players. So it's interesting stuff. The Wenger story won't go away, Russ. It won't go away. 
Yep. Um, and I, I think, you know, at first time I thought I saw it, I thought it was hilarious, but now it's making me wonder that maybe shy to say, okay, Tony, you can't do it. You could be yep. an advisor, yep. but you can't do it. But let's get someone in who can do it. And, um, and, and, but, but in the ways that we can't compete with a Man City, we can't compete with Liverpool, we can't compete with Chelsea, Arsenal, Tottenham. Maybe the way that Wolves can compete. Right. And the way they've built it up over there. So we shall see. But it's going to be exciting times. You know who I've got? I'll tell you who I think. Somebody who's not been mentioned. But I've got... I, I just... Back of my mind where Shade Khan may may consider is someone like Rafa Benitez. Now, I saw I, some speculation I, about that. Well, actually, well, I want to say I want to say about a month ago about... Again, it might have been an opinion piece. I shouldn't say speculation. It was an opinion piece, I, I believe. Or oh, wait a minute. It was a talk sport or, or someone was talking about this. Well, look at what he's done on Newcastle. I mean, he's got, let's be honest, he's got a completely dysfunctional owner in Mike Ashley. Right? We can all agree. Um, I'll get yelled at by this, but I, I, I happen to think that, um, you know, the best footy fans geographically in England, they're actually in the Northeast. I, I, I stand by that. Newcastle, Sunderland, Middlesbrough, especially Newcastle and Sunderland. I mean, their, their traveling support is, is insane. Sunday at Craven Cottage, the away end will be brim to capacity. That's the way they follow their clubs. Their fan base is absolutely magnificent. I mean, no question. But Benitez has been running on shoestring budget for a few years now. So given the opportunity to have more say in what he does, and with an ownership that will back him, is it, is it the sort of prospect that he could... He could uh, that would entice him, and I would say yeah. I, I would say yeah. Don't, don't I say don't be fooled by the fact this championship. It's a tough league, man. It's a tough, 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 tough league with some really, really good teams and excellent players and some very, very good managers. But just you know, it's a tough division. Yeah. So you know, if you do you get the best, do you get the best manager who's available and pay him the money and say okay, right, you do it. Um, it makes exciting times. You know, I'd love to have Scotty stay, but I think there might be a chance that they're looking in another uh, another direction. We shall see. Okay. And it's very interesting. It, it actually was uh, Darren Lewis on TalkSport that was throwing Fulham in there. Again, this is just opinion about Benitez, but I, I, I find it interesting that you're bringing up his name as well. So, yeah. again, we've, we've transitioned from talking about the – one nil loss to talking about the managerial situation, Giannis, and also a bigger picture look at it. Which direction will Fulham go? Because they have a huge decision to make. So you have already said that you were in favor of Scott Parker or leaning towards that way. So have you changed your mind about that? Or would you be in favor of going after a big name, a name that we're talking about right now, a name to build the program? Or would you be happy if they went in the direction of Scott Parker. Where's your head at on the managerial situation? That's a great question. I think that uh, if they went for a big name and got him, um, I think big names can attract players, the right kind of players, not stiffs that are at the end of their career. You know, I was suspicious of Ryan Babel, and he's proved us all wrong. You know, yeah. he's been, you know, um, I know that now there's offers coming in from Galatasaray. I, I, the only question mark I have about that is he's on loan from Besiktas. Do you really want to go to your fellow Istanbul rival and they absolutely hate each other? 
with an absolute passion, would you? It'd be like going from Liverpool to Man United. Right. You know, it really would. And I, it, maybe at 32, he doesn't care. You know, um, but the thing about Scott Parker that I really, really do like is that if you listen to him, just, I mean, I always respected him as a player, always respected him as a captain, as a leader. You know, he's well-spoken, always played the game hard, always played it fair, always played it the right way. And when you listen to him, if you, you know, the press conferences, what's really impressed me about Scott is that he's, it's very clear to me, that although he is the, he is the interim manager, he is, um, he has a philosophy. Right. And he's got old head on young shoulders. And he talks about the style he wants his team to play and, he, and, and the way he wants to play and the expectations of the players and how he likes to set them up. And I love that. I, I, I just, he's a, he's the kind of guy that it's almost impossible not to root for. Right. I, I mean, I, 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 I honestly believe that. So if he's, if he's given the job, I'd be delighted. I, okay. I, I'd be delighted. I really, I, I really like that. I, I, I do. I'm a huge fan of the Scott Barr. Having said that, if we do get a big name in, if we do get, I mean, he's a young manager. He's going to get his time. Yep. at other clubs, maybe there's going to be, maybe there will be room for him in this club. Maybe you bring in a big name to mentor. I mean, I mean, never undervalue the, the importance of mentorship. Sure. You know, someone who's been there and has done that. I mean, the, the classic example, Mourinho. Mourinho's mentor was Bobby Robson at Barcelona. Yep. You know, I mean, it was, it was, it was expected that Mourinho at some point you know, would, would go to a big club and do very well. But, but Bobby Robson was a seasoned veteran, you know, who managed his national team, who'd won, you know, UEFA Cups way back when, and yep. who was greatly, greatly respected as a person and as a coach. And it's still revered, and, and that's not to get, obviously, a former Fulham player as well. Right. And I think I, I like that idea, but, but if, you put it, if you pointed a pistol at my head now, I'm going to say that's but Let's just wait and see. I, I do think that Tony, Tony's, Tony Khan's days are numbered. I do. Because okay. he's, let's be honest about this. He's, he's cocked it up this year. I mean, you know, I, I mean, who's going to defend? Um, but really, I mean, the signings have been on the whole a disaster. And we are 19 for, for many reasons. So. Sure. But we shall see. Sure. My thoughts on this, Giannis, because I've been one that's been – not all there with Scott Parker taking over in the championship. And I think you're basically talking what some of the reasons why, because I want Fulham to be more ambitious than giving someone a chance. I, I know that sounds terrible, but I want a big name. Maybe I'm wrong about this, but I, I, I want someone that can, as we're talking about, build a program and attract the names that we need, not just for the championship, but I'm ambitious, and I know the fans are as well, to get back to the Premier League soon. I think a project of having someone young and building his program like Scott Parker, I think Scott Parker is going to be a fine manager. He's actually, I thought, done an, an excellent job. So this is difficult for me because I think he deserves a chance. I just think Fulham, at this point, should be looking at other options and bring in someone that 
is going to build something for the long term, whereas someone that has a proven record, Giannis, and can, can attract the players that they need not just for one year, but back in the Premier League. I, I think that's where I'm going. And, and the, the, diffic, the difficulty now will be, um, it, it, you know, do you go for a two-base hit or do you go for a home run? That's the so, whole thing, exactly. And that's the whole thing. And, and I think with the home run, it, it, look, if you're talking, again, there'll be some consternation about this, but if you're talking about Wenger, right, you're talking about coaches who are in the system who are available and high profile. So if you're looking at Wenger, you've got to look at Mourinho. You've got to, <laughs> um, but just just because right. you know he's had a lot of, he had a lot of criticism at Man United, but Man United we're we're seeing the, we're seeing them for what they are. Yeah, you know money has been misspent. You know the Alexis Sanchez deal is a, is um an app has been an absolute disaster. What an utter waste of money. But you know what? Mourinho has succeeded wherever he's gone. Right. And he's taken a break from the game. And I've always been a fan that you take a break and you get a chance to you know refresh the batteries and reflect. And I think the, the best thing about the best coaches is they reflect. Pep Guardiola is as good, maybe yep. as good a coach as you've maybe ever seen on the ability to reflect and look to always, you know, um, improve the perfection he seeks, if that's at all possible. Right. Um, uh, Klopp is not quite there yet, um, but Klopp is getting there, and Klopp has that motivational piece as well. Right. There are managers. I mean, I you know, if you're asking about program up, Wenger's as good as it gets. Right. You know, right. in terms of what he does, you know, the, are there international coaches um, that would do the unthinkable? Okay, I'll I'll um, I'll I'll take that risk because if Wenger's on the table and Mourinho's on the table, then any I mean. Apart from the obvious ones in the Premier League, right? You look international. You look international. Why? And, and we're not talking Ranieri, of course. Right. You know, we wouldn't do that. Um, but how about somebody like um, Diego Simeone? I mean, I know it's out at left field. Sure. Atletico Madrid. Da da da. But you know what? Players are getting old there now. He's, you know, players like Godin's going to be is on his way out. Um, Diego Costa looks like plays his last thing they're going to have to make some changes and you know what maybe this will give them a chance the, the Liverpool the, the Champions League stuff this year is good enough to attract well, coaches too so absolutely Giannis and listen so if you not? look at I was just going to say if you look at say Bielsa coaches are willing to come to the championship now and for me looking at the Wolves situation even though I can't stand Leeds United, what they did was they were both ambitious and they both had a plan. One worked tremendously. That was Wolves. Leeds could still work. It didn't quite work. But if I'm looking at Fulham, why can't Fulham be ambitious like these two clubs? Find the right man, and then you can attract the players that you need, not just for the championship, but for the Premier League. So I think I've been looking at those two situations and thinking, why not Fulham too? Yeah, absolutely. Why not? Why, why not? not? I mean, I mean, the, yeah, why not? I mean, the owner is ambitious, and I think even though people are laughing at the Wenger situation, and I understand why fans can be laughing at it, I'm not laughing because it shows me ambition. Yeah, and you know what? We, it, it, and, and again, we heard 
we heard one rumor about Wenger, but now more are coming out. Right. And so, so it's getting you thinking, okay, what is this, you know, what exactly is this all about? Um, and it's, and it's, it's interesting stuff. It, it really is. is interesting stuff. And, then and Shari Khan is going to be extremely torn right now. Because I will surmise and, and guess that Scotty Parker has worked out much better than he thought. Yep. And not only that, the players are playing for him. The players like him. Yep. It's a difficult situation him. right now. It's a difficult situation. Yes. They like this guy. Yeah. And so, um, you know, when you heard the rumblings from Tim Ream early in the season, is this something maybe where if you have a lot of the squad back next year, and you're going to have a fair number, is this one where Trey Khan goes, well, this is a really a no-risk situation because, you know, he's, he's already earned the trust of the ownership. He's earned the trust of the players. He's earned the trust of the supporters. Why not? What, 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 what do we, you know, because Shay because Khan could say, well, if, um, if Frank Lampard can be a first-year manager and go to the playoffs with Derby, which he is, right, or John Terry can be a first-year assistant coach and, and yep. go to Villa in the playoffs, which he is, you know, these young coaches, then why can't we do it? And, and, and if you would ask me which one I'd take in terms of understanding of the game, I'd take Scotty Parker. Because to me, when you, you watch Frank Lampard, I think he's all about cliches and, and, and you know, and the stuff that we tend to see, you know, week in, week out. Whereas with Scotty Parker, he's got a, he has an approach that's almost a little cerebral. Right. And it's all, and, and, and his, his manner is almost feels like he's drawing the fans into understanding what he's trying to do. Like he's like, you're almost in the change room with him. Right. And I don't know if you don't often see that it's not, it's not platonics or it's, um, you know, plays on words. He's, He's telling you how he feels, but he's doing it in an eloquent way. And if the players, hey, if the players are on board for a first-time manager that was playing in the Premier League, no less, then you know you've got to give you've got to give that some serious thought. And that's why, ultimately, I think that's what's going to happen. But with the cons, um, you never know. And that's what makes this fascinating, Yannis, because I see where you're going on this, and you make a strong argument for Scott Parker. I, I was saying with uh, Emilio that uh, it sounded like to me with the Tom Kearney signing that it looked like it was going to be the next shoe to drop was going to be Scott Parker. But then we hear the Vanger stories. And then I'm thinking about what their next move's going to be. And it's interesting because uh, a big part of me says, why not go down the Bielsa road? Why not go down the Nuno road? Why not go down that road? We're Fulham. Why not Fulham? Why can they not do that? And I like what you're saying about Scott Parker because I think he has a bright future. The players want to play for him. You're making an extremely strong argument there. But I want Fulham back in the Premier League, and I want a proven guy that has ambition along with the cons. And I think you make a statement if you bring in someone that has a reputation, Giannis. Nothing against Scott Parker, but I want Fulham back in the Premier League and I think you can recruit players like Wolves did if you have the right guy in place. Yeah, yeah, and that's gonna, and that's <clears throat> that's the conundrum. That is that is the um, that is the absolute uh, conundrum. Okay. And, um, I mean, with the season ending on Sunday, yep. as you know, 
decisions are going to come thick and fast with all the 20 clubs in terms of releasing of players. Um, contracts don't usually end until June the 30th, but, you know, it's about renewals of contracts and what have you. But a lot of dust will be settling in the next week with announcements of player personnel. And um, it'll, it'll be, I'll be very curious to see where it plays. It's going to be, you've got that, and then you're also playing with what is going to happen um, in terms of the managerial situation, which I think is absolutely fascinating. Absolutely, Yanis. And let's finish up by talking about some very interesting topics. And let's start with Tom Kearney's contract. Emilio and I d- did a show very soon after he uh, resigned with Fulham for, for a longer-term deal. And I think this is significant. I think this shows intent by not just the cons, but also by Tom Kearney. Tom Kearney made it clear in some of his comments he wants to end his career in Fulham, and I think that's great. So what are your thoughts about Kearney's contract and what that means for Fulham? Well, um, I don't think any Premier League team would have taken a punt on him next year. Um, that includes promoted teams. <clears throat> so, you know, he's he's just had a, he's just had a child, and I think for him, you know, it, he, he obviously likes Fulham very much, and there's a stability piece, and it was a good offer on the table, and he is club captain, and. Um, I think maybe Scotty Parker's had something to do with it and said, look, we're going to try and build something special. You're still a young player. We want to make sure you're part of this. We want to show you know, our commitment and faith in your ability to develop and lead. And which you, we want you to be part of that. Um, you know, we want you to be part of the journey. And, and I, think it's, I think it's a good move. Um, now the question is going to be what other pennies are going to drop. I mean, the next big thing will be Ryan, Ryan Sass. Yes. Um, how's that going to look? Um, if you look at that scale of how, you know, players pay, he's near the bottom. So he's going to want a good paycheck and he deserves it on, if, for no other reason on the basis of what he did last year. Right. The problem he's going to have <clears throat> is that let's say a Tottenham comes in for him as an example. Yep. Just... If you look at the pre, you know the pl- previous players, unfortunately, we let go like you know Musa Dembele, Clinton Dempsey, that went off to Tottenham. They were players that were more or less starters. But is Ryan Sessegnon a starter in a Tottenham side? The answer is no. So he's an 18-year-old lad. He will want to play. Right. What happened under Ranieri was really really tough. So he's got to be very, very careful when he sits down with his advisors because. It'll be great to go to a big club, but is he going to be is he going to be willing to ride the pine? And he's going to have to maybe for a couple of years. And that's where I mean, one option is that Tottenham sign him from us and they give him back on loan for a year. Right, that's a possibility. Yes. The other idea I think is probably probably makes more sense is that he stays. And he looks, he gets you know a year older, a year wiser, uh, a year bigger, stronger, fitter. And um, we get the chance to, and if it doesn't work out this year, in terms of return to the Premier League, then a club will come in for him. But I think that he's got to be careful what he wishes for. I just, in the top six, he doesn't make any, any starting lineup. And he doesn't make Wolves' starting lineup either. To be honest. So right. where does he go? Where does he go? Do, will, will, he, you know, will he settle for playing for a mid-table team in the Premier League? 
Well, the only thing that we don't know is has someone like Gareth Southgate turned around to Seth and said, look, we think you've got a future with England. We think you're a little ways away, but, you know, not too far. But for us to consider you, you're going to have to play in a Premier League club. But the problem then becomes you've got to play. So I, I, if you, again, gut feeling, Russ, I think yep. he's going to stay. Okay. I think he's going to stay because I think he needs to stay. I think if he goes I, listen, to, I totally agree club, with you, Giannis. I think it's best for him for his development. It's funny because our co-host, Max Cohen, threw it out there. Could this be Sess's last match at Craven College with Fulham? And it's just an interesting thought on Sunday. Could this be his last match? And uh, I, I don't know the answer, but I think if you're asking me my opinion, I think it's in his best interest to stay at Fulham, to go to a bigger club. I think definitely he should come back to Fulham on loan. This is going to be something interesting to watch. He's on the final year of his contract, Giannis. So yeah. I don't know how this is all going to play out. I hope you're right. I hope he ends up with Fulham next year. I hope it's as a Fulham player. And if it's not as a Fulham player, I do hope he comes back on loan. But we shall see. It's a very interesting situation with uh, Ryan Sessignon, something that we're going to have to follow on Cottage Talk. One final topic, my friend, to wrap up this show. What type of team do you think Scott Parker is going to put out against Newcastle United in the final match? Well, I'll be devastated if Markovic doesn't play. <laughs> um, you know what? He's going to play. Um, I don't know if Adore is going to be fit. Um, we'll see. I hope that, you know it's you know it's cautionary in terms of yep. you know concussion. But I would be stunned if he doesn't play strongest lineup. I'd be okay. stunned. And and that's the funnily enough, that's the difference between now. And four and you know four years ago when we got relegated, yeah. Because in that game, if I remember rightly, we had Chris David playing. Yes, I was going to just mention that. We were with Corley Woodrow playing. We had Patrick Roberts, I believe, was playing. Yeah. Um. But but I think with Scotty Parker, he's still this is he's still auditioning, and he's going to want to end this on a high. He's going to want to get a win. Um, we drew nil-nil up at St. James Park earlier this year. It's a very, very winnable game. And I think I think he will put the strongest lineup out. And I believe we're going to win. I, I really do. I, um, I think it's going to be a fantastic atmosphere. Um, I think it'll be a party atmosphere. Um, and I think the fans will have a good time. And I think the Fulham faithful will get will get their money's worth. But, but I think it, there's no reason to, to believe that... Um, Scotty won't put out the strongest lineup like he's done for the last few weeks, um, and then and then sort of take it from there. Just yep. one thing before we go as well. It yep. was, it was um, a tweet that Ryan Babel sent out this year, this week, that sort of intrigued yes. me. Um, it was something along the lines of "Go with your gut." Yes, I saw that. Now, go with your gut, and that could be interpreted in a number of ways. Uh, the Galatasaray rumors won't go away. I'm still not convinced just because he's going to, you know, Besiktas's biggest rivals. But could the go with your gut be that he's enjoyed his time here and that he might want to play in the championship? I hope so. 
I, I hope I, so. I, yes. I, I don't know. I it's, so. Yeah. It's interesting. I saw the tweet as well. I'm thinking, is he trying to tell us something? But um, only time will tell. And it's interesting because whenever I see speculation from Turkey, I, I don't believe it. I actually don't believe it, Yanis, because 95% of it seems to come out wrong. And so many players that were linked to Turkish teams that Fulham were interested in, it always seems to go Fulham's way. So I, I don't know what to believe when it comes to Turkey. We, we shall see. We shall see. But I, I, I'm glad that you brought up the tweet from Ryan Babel because I would love to see Ryan Babel stay at Fulham, but we'll have to see how that all plays out. But listen, we have a lot to talk about on Cottage Talk moving forward, and uh, I want to thank you for doing the show with me, and I apologize to everyone that we've uh, waited so long, but we just had some scheduling conflicts, but we did do a show, and we're going to have many more for you in the upcoming weeks. We don't rest. We continue to do shows, and we're going to have plenty for you, but let's wrap up this episode of Cottage Talk. For Janos and I'm Russ Coleman. Thank you, as always, for listening to Cottage Talk. It's the 90th minute, and all to play for at the end of the match. All your mates are around. You've got your McDougat share boxes ready to go. Your mates already got booked for double dipping, and you steal the last nugget, snatching all three points. Perfect. Order McDelivery now on the McDonald's app. Are you in? I know I'm in. At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee, and terms apply. See McDonald's.com. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear, and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.